Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Ah, cranberry sauce a la Bart. Hey, Maggie, those silver and blue guys are the Dallas Cowboys. They're daddy's favorite team. And he wants them to lose by less than five and a half points. Understand? Oh, Cogan's got Wolodarski open way downfield, and it's complete. Ooh, what a hit. Oh, yeah, he's out cold, Gil. Oh, yes, sir. Looks like they'll be feeding him Thanksgiving dinner through a tube. <laughs> Hope they can fit a turkey in there. <laughs> Get on with you, Gil. Homer, shouldn't you go pick up Grandpa? Half time, Marge, half time. The only thing else I got to say is... How about them cowboys? Yeah! How about them cowboys indeed? It's a tradition, unlike any other. It's the cowboys on Thanksgiving. Hope everyone is safe out there and is enjoying the holiday so far. Maybe you're traveling. Maybe you're just off work listening to this episode. Either way, we'll enjoy this Cowboys game together. We'll preview it all here on this episode of About Them Cowboys. I'm Kent producing. We've got three of the best of the best when it comes to breaking down all things Dallas Cowboys here for this one. It's Saad Youssef from The Athletic, your stars and Cowboys beat writer. It's your Cowboys beat writer, of course, Father John Mishota. And from The Freak, the speakeasy, every morning, it's Kevin KT Turner. Hey, KT, what's up, man? Hello, Kent. Thank you for having me. Uh, I'd like to do this full disclosure, we're recording this on Tuesday. So, Cowboys play on Thursday. Just want to make sure everyone's in line. Now, normally, I just go, hey, John, top stories, what's going on? I thought I'd change it up today. I thought this would be fun since we're heading into week 12. If the NFL playoffs start today, if they were to start today, have y'all taken a look at the matchups yet? What they would be? It's kind of fun here. Are you the playing the Seahawks, right? The number five Dallas Cowboys would be on the road against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers oh. if the playoffs started today. Um, it would be the number six Giants at the number three 49ers, and it would be the number seven Seahawks at the number two Vikings. Pretty fun, but also not one of the team's I would want to play, and I think that's where I wanted to start today before we get to Cowboys news is after that 49ers game on Monday Night Football, which not that you should take anything from an Arizona Cardinals game, though. I don't want anything to do with the Buccaneers or the 49ers. That's I do. I, don't I completely disagree with you. Um, right. I believe I believe going through Tampa Bay and finally beating Tom Brady would be the type of jet fuel you need to propel you. If, if this is going to be the Cowboys team that's going to finally take that next step, then why don't you exercise some demons and use that as motivation to kind of take you to that next level? I think playing the Bucks or the 49ers, uh, because they lost the 49ers last year in the playoffs, I think they would be extremely motivated, much more motivated. And so while I'm saying that, you might be already thinking this, but let me just to be clear, the last one I think I'd want is to go back up to Minnesota. How many times are you going to go up there and keep beating them? At what, eventually, they're probably going to win a game. I don't think Minnesota's the better team. 
but it is a tough road environment. And even though you keep winning there, I don't know that you want to have to keep going back up there and then, especially in a game that would you know be in the postseason like that, I say go through Tampa Bay. And again, I also, let's be clear, I'm saying that about Tampa Bay because I also don't think that this Tampa Bay team is the Tampa Bay team of a couple years ago that went to the Super Bowl with Brady. So yes, you're concerned about Tom Brady and it is still Tom Brady, but to get to the Super Bowl, which is this team's goal, you're going to have to go through the best of the best. So why not get it, kick off that party right away? And the other thing is, is you're going to be outside, but at least it's Tampa Bay, Florida. It's not, you know, it's not Philadelphia or, uh, well... Green Bay is probably not going to be a team that they would have to go play. Um, But it's not a cold weather environment. So I guess Seattle, that's a possibility. I think, I don't think you would mind playing them either, but I think that going through Tampa, finally beating Tom Brady, I think that would be, uh, that would be a good omen for this team. Yeah, especially, I mean, you know, I think, like you said, I think it would do more than just the result. I don't think Tampa's the team it is, but I think beating Tom Brady gives you a little bit of, a little bit of uh, a little bit of boost going in for the rest of the playoff run as well, and uh, it doesn't hurt that I think Brady is Brady is undefeated against the Cowboys, so you might you know you want to get that one uh, win against him before he before he walks off to the sunset in like twenty twenty five. Yeah, I think what what are your thoughts on um, uh, San Francisco there, John? Just. I mean, on paper, you that you, that would probably be one of the last matchups you want, just because of how physical they are, but. I've just heard too many guys mention that loss in the locker room during this season. It's still going to yeah. be fresh on their mind. I think there's a part of them that would like to go through uh, San Francisco. And I don't look at that as a uh, some big daunting road environment either. It's, I mean, seriously, Minnesota is the best. And, and actually, on that one, real quick, I wanted to say, I thought it was interesting that Mike McCarthy pointed out after the game that the how much they kind of worked on the noise and communication that they were going to have to have in Minnesota. He felt like that might've been something that helped the team. They were extra locked in because they were, they, you know, they had to be in on all their communication stuff because they thought they were going to have to do a lot of stuff that, you know, hand signals and, and, and things like that, that it wasn't going to be clean communication. Um, so, but on paper back to the 49ers, the way they're playing their style of football, I don't think you'd really want to go through them. Uh, but I feel like this team and the players in the locker room would not mind that at all because, you know, they feel like that, you know, hey, let's be honest, the 49ers just plowed right through them and they were the aggressor. And that leaves a bad taste in your mouth. I also, it's weird, it hasn't been talked much. Uh, I always thought that they might be like a secret team for Odell Beckham. Like, that might be one that's not been talked about at all. It just hasn't come up. Like, Debo Samuel just had his first big game of the year last night. Well, let's and, go with something real quick, because I'm hot on this right now. I'm actually writing about this uh, tomorrow yeah, for The Athletic. perfect segue. Dak was talking today about, you know, having communication with Odell Beckham. Micah Parsons talked about it. Again, these guys aren't just bringing this stuff up. They're being asked about it, just to be clear. I wonder if anybody's really interested in, in Odell outside of the Cowboys. Well, Where's yeah, the other the players Giants? from the other team? I think are, Kansas are, are, City. are the Giants? Are the hey, are the Giants? They're not real. No, or, they're fake. They're, or, they're or, leverage. Or or do you just need a leverage team? Where's yeah. these other teams talking about how bad they want him? So I, it makes me think that yes, there's probably some teams that are like, yeah, you know, you know, if the phone ain't ringing, give us a call. We'll be no. The Cowboys really, really want him. Like they look at him as like a potential missing piece to a Super Bowl run. 
I'm not getting that sense for any other teams. And, 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 and let's also keep in mind here too, just we'll play, I'll play the other side of yes. Media always going up to them in locker room. Also no media, uh, asked them anything on Twitter after the game when OBJ sounded off and players responded to him. What, what other players were responding? Which, which ones, maybe I'm missing it. Hey, I, I live a pathetic life where all I do is follow the Dallas Cowboys this time of year. So if, if I'm missing something, let me know. But I have not seen anybody else try and recruit him anywhere close to what the, the Cowboys level is. One. Two, I've never seen the Cowboys ever act this way from, from coaches, front office players about a player like this. So I, I'm, I'm wondering how much interest there are from other teams. You know, he said that he has the two visits or, well, the report came out that it's the Cowboys and, and Giants and, and the Cowboys clarified that yes, they want, they want to talk to him. But I don't know. Part of me is just wondering, hey, let's see. I thought the Rams would have been a great leverage piece, but obviously, you know, they've fallen off the map. And I, I just, I wonder if Buffalo and Kansas City is really as interested uh, as some might think. Yeah, I mean, what's Buffalo made the, I mean, well, what's Kansas City made the trade for Kadarius Tony, and kind of seeing the way that they're kind of operating, like McCole Hardman gets a lot of touches now and he's been hurt, but he gets a lot of touches for them now. And it feels like they're almost, after they made the trade for Tony, probably maybe not in the mix. And that's something we had rumored. I also wonder about medicals. I mean, look, the, the, this happened in February and it feels like we're more towards nine months on ACLs, you know? So man, maybe some teams know things about the medicals too. Did Dr. Maybe Cooper like, do ah, the surgery, not- John? <laughs> he didn't. He didn't. But no, that's a good point though. Cowboys be- have one of the best knee, knee leg surgery yeah. guys in the business. A lot of players come to Dallas to, to work with him when they, you know, are off of the season for a torn ACL or whatever it is. So they might know something, you know. Well, and if the reports are, are accurate, um, he, this is one of those things where I obviously he would like to play for the Cowboys, but if it is Cowboys and Giants, I just look at it as kind of one of these things of, does he really want to play with Daniel Jones? Is that really what he wants to do? Like, would you, if, it, if you were in his shoes, wouldn't you want to, go meet with several teams, everyone that was interested in you, every single one, especially any of the playoff teams right now. So to just whittle it down to Cowboys and Giants, I, I just, I feel like maybe those are the, the the last two that are kind of standing there. The other part too, again, going back to stuff that we've seen reported, you know, it sounds like he wants more than just this year. And maybe yeah. those other teams that were originally reported of Kansas City and Buffalo, you know, obviously there was Green Bay at one time and the Rams, Maybe they were looking at, hey, we're just trying to get you for the rest of this season and the postseason. And then we'll, hey, let's see how everything goes and we'll revisit this in the offseason and, and work out a deal. He might be, maybe the Cowboys and Giants are the only ones that are willing to go to pay next year as well. I mean, let's, I think he's 30, you know, coming off this is your second knee injury in, in you know, in, in three years. Uh, I know he's a freak athlete, so he's probably going to recover from this better than most. But still, I mean, those are things that teams have to be considering. I think the reason I brought up San Francisco, though, as a team who hasn't been mentioned, though, is like just the setup there. It doesn't make as much sense in Tampa Bay where they already brought in Russell Gage and Julio Jones. But San Francisco, if he were to be in ring chase mode, and we don't know that he is, um, if he were to be in ring chase mode, that might be a play just because, again, Debo's first big game of the year last night. And then the trade for McCaffrey kind of signaling more of an all-in type of approach, maybe, uh, on their end. But outside of Ayuk and... Debo Samuel, you have a hard time coming up with names at wide receiver for the San Francisco 49ers. It's old names we've seen, but it ain't very, very good. So it's like that could kind of make sense there. And I just wonder if he's sitting back still waiting. Okay. 
We'll see how this thing goes. Maybe I'll have a meeting with Jerry Jones. Yeah, he probably wants to be here, right? Be a good place to be. Makes a lot of sense. I have no idea what to expect from him if you do get him. I have no, no clue. It's just tough injury, tough age at that position. You just kind of balance it with, is it going to be better than Noah Brown or James Washington? That's what it almost yeah. got, it comes down to, right? You know, it's kind of interesting today that Mike McCarthy was asked about Dalton Schultz. And, you know, Dalton's knee injury is somewhat similar to Ezekiel Elliott's from last year. And we all saw what Ezekiel Elliott looked like after that knee injury. And he never was right for the rest of the season. McCarthy said he thinks Schultz is almost back to being his normal self. He said he's he's pretty cl- he thinks he's pretty close to it and that the bye week was huge for him. And certainly the way Dak has targeted him these last couple of games, Dak must feel the same way about him. I just thought this was going to be a deal where Dalton Schultz was not going to be close to his normal self all season long. And this was going to be just about managing it and the best you can. And man, if you have Dalton Schultz as, cause I look at him as a bigger part of the receiving game than I look at, like you mentioned, James Washington or Noah Brown. So Odell really just has to fit in there as like a number three slash four type guy. And Hey, if you perform like a two or a one, then Hey, then you, you take it and you're great with it, but you don't need him to be a one or a two. Yeah. No, and it's, again, money, right? This right. is all money <laughs> next year and all that stuff. Um, I I was um, thinking a little bit, uh, I guess it was before we you know, talk about the Giants for a minute, are we cool with having a Tony Pollard conversation for a second without freaking everyone out? <laughs> Never gets old. So are we cool with having a long-term conversation about Tony Pollard here before Giants week? Are we good? Um, I don't want to make I don't want to make anyone mad. I don't want to upset anybody. Yeah, I mean, it's it's certainly the uh, bull that's reared its horns multiple times, and it doesn't seem to be going away anytime soon. So we might as well. My my price my price, if and I believe the Cowboys operate the same way because they've showed us as much. It's fine with whatever you think of them right now, but let's see what they do in the playoffs. Because if they get in the playoffs. And he doesn't really do much, and they look just like they were last year. I don't see them breaking the bank because I mean I'm, I've continuously said I believe if they went to the NFC Championship game last year or got to the Super Bowl, Amari Cooper's still in this roster. I did, the Cowboys would have run it back if they went to, to a spot mm-hmm. where they haven't been since 1995. I dare you! To, I dare you to get rid of Amari Cooper. I just don't see that happening. I just don't. So if you go deep in the playoffs, and Tony Pollard's a key piece on that. They're going to do just about any whatever it takes to keep him in the building. And so, uh, you know, there's just a lot that can change between now and then. But let's say, you know, the season ended today and he's playing the way he is. Yeah, you're trying to do everything you possibly can. Uh, because if you don't, then you got to spend a pretty high pick, I feel like, to replace his production. I don't necessarily, I'm just, we're not doing Zeke again, top five pick, but I'm saying second or third round. I mean, Malik Davis is nice and all, but if if you let Tony Pollard walk, you better address that pretty high in the draft. Yeah, I I, I think it would be a little, it, it would be kind of interesting about that approach, John, that, that you're mentioning about, you know, how far you go, because I don't know, when you t- talk about the banner organizations, the ones that do it right, they don't usually take that into account of, you know, how far did you go based on uh, if you're going to keep a player or not. And, you know, well, and how big of an impact he is too. Yeah, that too. I I, th- I think that matters more than more than really where your team goes. I think 
if you go to the a- NFC Championship game and he's like he's not really that big of a factor, you have to you can't just have a run it back mentality because um you know like like I said oh I real up, quick real real real, real, yeah. real quick real quick let me be clear here well I, I'm saying that because I don't think they go deep without him playing well. Gotcha. Okay, yeah. That's I just a di- don't. I don't even think it's possible. Like he's the one piece yeah. right now that looks like it takes him from what we've seen from them to like, ooh, this might be this might be a difference maker. So yeah, no, believe me, if it goes back to like 50-50 split on carries and they get to NFC Championship, yeah, no, 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 no. But I think that he yeah. would be one of the key pieces that get you to that next level. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. I, th- I think it's really important not to get caught up in the moment with team success and label individuals like that. That's something that the Patriots literally made an entire dynasty out of is getting rid of guys before they needed to, or just because they saw replacements, whatever. Um, and, and so I, I think that's important, but, but I agree with you. I don't think they do it without Pollard. I'm just saying to to the conversation about Pollard, I do think it's a super conditional conversation, kind of the way that, you know, Amari kind of was as well. Uh, and, and so this is where I kind of was thinking about things. First of all, you're, we can all, I don't want to have the Amari Cooper conversation. We've all done that. But your explosive player on offense is Tony Pollard. And that is made up for Amari Cooper being gone. Right? Uh, Tony Pollard playing more, getting the chance to play a little bit more, has proven to be an explosive player. And then you look at like some advanced metrics when it comes to running backs, and you go, okay, well, he's near the top and everyone. It's Nick Chubb and him. Uh, yards per carry, it's him. Yards after contact, he's up near the top. Um, he's probably going to lead the league in yards per carry if it's not a quarterback. You know, Justin Fields and Lamar Jackson will probably end up taking that crown. So look at all that. So explosive player. Would any of you guys define Dalton Schultz as an explosive player? No. No. <laughs> no. Okay, good player. Yeah. So if you can franchise tag Dalton Schultz, then you can franchise tag Tony Pollard. If you're a guy like me, uh, and I think there's a lot of people who are, who are in the boat of never paying a running back ever, then just franchise the guy, use him up for one more year, and then see where you're at. The number that he will command and will have leverage at commanding, I think will be in the $15 million range. In fact, he could even pull up Zeke's contract and go side by side. How about this? Look at these numbers. He could do that if he wanted to. He could also say, well, if you guys aren't going to pay me, I would like to go somewhere else because I'm not getting the number of carries that I would like to get here. All right, so I think there's like a lot of things that the Cowboys need to think about here. And I think from the Cowboys' perspective, the best course of action might just be to use him up for one more year and then you let him go after 2023. And then you're revamping your entire running back room anyways because you're probably going to bring Zeke back anyways. I I personally don't see the Cowboys. I could be wrong because they did it with Tank. But I personally don't see the Cowboys going to Zeke and asking for the pay cut. You know, I don't know if that makes a lot of sense. And you could play the whole game of after the June 1st cut down with Zeke. Again, we're having a fun season. I'm not trying to put Zeke in a grave. I'm just This conversation is interesting to see how, how he's used going forward because the other element of this, I thought it was funny, uh, John, I don't know if you got a chance, I know it's a short week, to watch the TV broadcast, but rant, uh, Nance and Romo start having the conversation about it doesn't matter who the starter is and who's not between Zeke and Tony Pollard. I to thought you were going to bring I've, up them talking about Cooper Rush and him getting a big deal. Sorry, go on. Uh, <laughs> thought about it, but no. But like Nance and Romo having that conversation, about it doesn't matter who starts. And maybe, yeah, things are going well. So maybe it doesn't. But 
I would contend that if the number one thing that you're trying to hide or at least trying to improve right now on this Cowboys team is run defense, then the best medicine for that is to get ahead. And the best way to get ahead faster and to uh, put teams in situations where they can't run the ball is to just let Tony Pollard play all the time. So I think it does kind of matter. Not a shot at Zeke. On the goal line, we talked about it. Put Zeke in the game once you're down there. Short yardage, put him in the game. Put him in the game in other situations too. Their number, their, their, their number of carries can equal out. But right now, Tony Pollard's a game changer on offense in the league, not just the Cowboys. Like He is a game changer on any team in this league. And he's not treated that way here. And that probably needs to start happening. And I don't think it will because we we just have too much history of seeing this not happen. And I was just thinking about how insane it was. Like we franchise tagged a, a non-explosive player. It's a no-brainer to franchise him next year. I would consider locking him up. I don't ever want to pay a running back again. You can't lock him up to a long-term deal while you still have Zeke on the books. So that's a non-starter probably. But I just think it's interesting. There's going to be some big, big conversations and like decisions the Cowboys front office has to make after this year just based on how Tony's played because this dude is top-level elite NFL game changer right now, and I'm not sure people are thinking of him that way. So he had been averaging around 29, 30 snap, offensive snaps per game earlier in the year for you know up until these last few weeks. And so, for example, and that's where Skip Pete, the running back coach, told us uh, during the bye they would like to keep him kind of in that neighborhood. So he had 39 on Sunday. Now, keep in mind, game was completely out of hand by the fourth quarter, so he's not really playing there. So I don't, I don't know. I kind of think 40 to 45 – I don't think you'd want to go more than that because of you want to keep his explosiveness, you know, like I think you can go more than 30, you know, but I don't know that you want to go. I don't think, I just don't think you can have, well, one, I don't think you can have him out there the entire, every single play, um, you know, running routes and then pass blocking, carrying all that. Like you're not going to do that. So you're going to need to have some type of a split, but they, they also pick, pick and choose their spots because when he's in there, they want him to be as explosive as he possibly can because of plays like that. I mean, those, those, those passes from Dak, like Dak, don't get me wrong, the 68-yarder Dak threw that ball on money, but still, that, most backs are catching that ball and they're getting tackled immediately. They're not running away, you know? So yeah, it's yeah. still a 30-yard gain or whatever. And then the other dump off that Dak had to him for the, I don't know, 30-yard touchdown, whatever it was, you know, a lot of backs are getting 10, 15 yards off of that. So they want him to be as explosive as possible when he is in there. And more importantly, they want to be as explosive as possible when they get to the postseason. I agree. I agree 100%. And I'm not, again, it's not like a box score thing. It's more just like overall philosophy. And I guess if your philosophy is pick, pick and choose your spots with Tony and then, you know, he continues to be explosive, it's great. And then you can have a game where I guess where he doesn't break it, break a few runs and maybe you struggle to run the ball and then it's like, here you are again. But the numbers over the years even, we've got a big enough sample size with him to go, okay, well, this is good. And I, I don't, Think he has to play seventy snaps a game? I'm not, I'm not asking for that. I also think, okay, so we know what the owner thinks. Uh, we go as Zeke goes, right? And then you come out, and the first three plays of that game last week are four yards, three yards, three yards. All right, Zeke, good job. We got the first down. 
There's the $15 million we owe you. Good job. And I just, there's nothing wrong with Zeke leading the league in touchdowns like Jamal Williams does. DeAndre Swift is the featured back for the Lions. All right. There's nothing wrong with Zeke being Jamal Williams. That's fine. There's a problem with it when you pay him, and that sets some other things uh, down. That, but, but, but that's the, the key is, part to all of this is th- is that you, when it comes time to pay him, that's when you run into a tough spot because you want both. You want to have two good backs in the NFL. I'm sorry, you just do. You yeah. want to have somebody else that can come in there and you don't lose a beat. Like they can be a different style runner, but somebody else that also carries some of the load. But yeah, the problem is, like you said, I mean, like Swift is still on a rookie deal, and you're not paying Jamal Williams very much. This you're. This situation that you're you're presenting, this is you're paying Zeke like one of the highest paid running backs, and then you're going to pay Tony Pollard. Like, no, that's not going to happen. Yeah, and it's different. Like Saquon is in his own boat. Like he's the only guy, right? Uh, Derrick Henry's in the, in the boat. He's the only guy, right? But you have some teams. I I, I know I mentioned the Lions. Uh, the Bears are operating that way. Like, who would you rather pay right now, David Montgomery or Khalil Herbert? Uh, who would you rather pay, Aaron Jones or AJ Dillon? You know, the Packers paid AJ uh, Aaron Jones. And Aaron Jones makes plays like Tony Pollard does in more than one area of the game. And that's where I kind of get a little iffy. But I I just I think what you said, like, it's time to pay. It becomes a discussion. Well, it is time to pay for one of them. And it's going to be interesting how we handled that. Sorry, I just wanted to do that thing there. Um, uh, so uh, Jerry said today, of course, what we were probably thinking. Once Tyron's back, he goes to the left tackle. Tyler Smith into left guard. So, how soon do you think for Tyron? If you had to I mean, guess, he's looked, he's looked pretty good uh, doing resistance cords and stuff like that the last couple of weeks, and he's moving around. Looks like his his old self, but he isn't back fully practicing. So that's when you'll you'll know a little bit more. So I would think it's still a couple more weeks. You know, I would think you know sometime in in December. I don't uh, I don't know an exact date, but I don't think he's that far away. I don't. Sh- I feel like okay. there's not really there's not really a rush to to do it anyways, right? I mean, the, the offensive line has has been fine. Like, what's what's the point of rushing him, especially at his age? And really, you know, every if everything is geared towards the playoffs, then you just want to make sure he has a couple of weeks to get his feet under him, and that's it. Let's talk about how great this offensive line has been, though. Just compared yeah. to John and I did an emergency episode on the athletic doing a live room with, with some subscribers when Tyron went down. Cause it was like, all right, well the season was, was awesome, but if they don't have Tyron, they're not going to be able to do much. And they've been pretty awesome. I mean, Tyler Smith's like pro bowl level. Like he's playing very well right now. He, he, we haven't talked about him much. And I think that says everything, right? Yeah. But I think they've all, they've made it clear that they view, Tyron Smith still. Oh, he's not Tyron Smith, but he's been right, and they still really view Tyron as one of their best five offensive linemen, and it just becomes pretty simple. You're not moving uh, Terrence Steele or Zach Martin or Tyler Biotish, so where are you putting him at? You're not gonna, you're not putting Tyron Smith at left guard, so you move Tyler Smith back in, and you know, I mean, it's kind of we've talked about and things like that. We kind of figured it would happen, but Jerry just made it clear today that 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 that's the plan. but I was going to look at their schedule and try and give you an exact guess here um, on when I think he'll be back. I, and I Tune just up, up Jacksonville. It's the next prime yeah, time game. A, yeah, that's not a bad one. Tyron's always the, one. the type of player where they give him like every minute until to make the call. <laughs> yeah. He's got such a routine before the game and all that. I can just see him out there at like six o'clock and then still trying to decide. Yeah. 
you do want to get some reps with that, him because you're going to want to get reps with him and, and Tyler playing together for as much as you possibly can there towards mm-hmm. the back end of the season. So going in the playoffs, there is some continuity. That is going to be a big part of it there. Um, but I like that. I like the Jacksonville because then that gives you a chance to maybe knock off some rust, uh, play on mm-hmm. natural grass, and then and then you come back the following week and you got the biggest game of the year for them, you know, against the Eagles yeah. on Christmas Eve. So, yeah, that, that seems like either that or, if, I mean, I'm sure they'd love to bring them back for, for Houston the week before that, but I, I'd need to see them do something in practice. You know, it's just been resistance cords yeah. up to this point. But the idea is uh, pretty nice that you actually have dudes behind him as well, right? I mean, uh, going into the year, we didn't know, like, I, the idea of saying, hey, Connor McGovern's now backup depth, depth, that feels pretty good. Pretty good to know that. Nice. So, yeah. I mean, can't say enough about Terrence Steele and, and Zach Martin holding it down on the right side for sure. Obviously, we knew, knew Zach would, would handle that really well. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Looking at the Giants, the worst seven and three team I've ever seen in my entire life. Um, you know, it's amazing because I feel like the Amari Cooper thing, which I promised I wouldn't bring up again. Man, I really don't think Amari Cooper would do to the Giants what Kenny Galladay did to the Giants, where it's just like, here's just wasted money, and we've decided not to trade you for nothing. Um, like they they're interesting because they don't have a good wide receiver group at all, except. Uh, so they have a guy who gets nine catches last week in Wandell Robinson, and then he tears his ACL. So he's not there. Darius Slayton's a good player. Um, but so I was going to say, I don't know. How do you know that they don't have good receivers? Sterling Shepard um, when he's healthy. I've watched him play. Okay. I you just know. saw a different Kenny Galladay in Detroit. So, okay. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. Kenny Galladay can't even get on the field, right? So, uh, so. Is it the receivers? Yeah. Is the quarterback? I don't know. Seems like a great situation that Odell would love to jump into. So we'll see. <laughs> hey, that'd be good. Go. And maybe, hey, maybe he won't say anything about it. Maybe his dad will just post some stuff on social media if it's not working out. But man, I just Daniel Jones. That's what you want to do. Yeah. Okay. It's like a bad plan, especially when the others are. <laughs> I mean, Josh Allen, Dak, uh, Pat Mahomes. And now it's just Dak. Like that's I mean, <laughs> put yeah. Where's Miami in the mix? You know, uh, not enough snaps to go around. Cedric Wilson. They yeah. signed him to that that deal. You know, <laughs> right? True. Kind of wheeled. Cedric Wilson can't even get on the field. Yeah, uh, they got that Sherfield guy. Um, I I feel like look. Uh, we saw a game where Saquon had 35 carries two weeks ago. Comes back last week, 15 carries for 22 yards. We know we're going to get Saquon. This is the test, tackling that dude 25 times. That's the test to me. What's kind of the biggest thing you're kind of watching for Thursday, John? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I feel like the rest of the way, especially over the next you know four or five games, just how are they going to handle whoever said lead back is because they're going against a lot of good rushers. So, but I, I agree with you. I just look at this team and I'm, I don't know. They beat them with Cooper Rush and, and they didn't have Michael Gallup, you know, and I, and, I, and Tony Pollard wasn't playing as well as he's been playing. Um, and they were on the road. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's funny because so 
I was doing a radio interview earlier today and someone asked me about the Michigan Ohio state game. And I go, well, tell me how the weather is in the game uh, on Saturday in Columbus. And it's supposed to be bad. So, uh, and I'll tell you who probably wins, you know, bad weather favors Michigan cause they run the ball and Ohio state likes to throw it all over the yard. They want, they want good weather. So in, as that relates to this game, tell me how many guys are healthy. Because if you tell me that Cowboys are relatively healthy, and when I say healthy, I mean because of like this flu uh, allergy thing that's going around that to the point where there were guys today, Mike McCarthy said, wearing masks inside the facility because it's been, this bug has been just going throughout the facility. Mike McCarthy had it last week, but you know, he's the coach. He can stay away a little bit. He's not right by all the players and things like that. But there's been players one after another that have been showing up on the injury list because of illness. A new one today was, was Demarcus Lawrence. Uh, you know, but Jonathan Hankins uh, didn't practice today because of illness. Dante Fowler, Terrell uh, Ter- uh, Basham, uh, Kelvin Joseph. Uh, so uh, there's clearly they they have some type of a bug going around. Uh, Jerry Jones wasn't wasn't feeling great after the game on Sunday, and so are they able to contain that? Do you know on, on Thursday morning? Do some players wake up and they're like, "Man, I can't go." I mean, that's part of what happened with Kelvin Joseph in that game. You know, that first series Anthony Brown played, then Kelvin Joseph came in. I thought it was going to be this rotation or something, and then you didn't see Kelvin Joseph again. And then they announced in, in the press box that he was out because of illness. So, uh, if you tell me that the Cowboys are able to avoid any more spread of this to any major players, I just don't see how they lose to the Giants. And honestly, playing only a, whatever four days after they just played that game in Minnesota. I think that could be a good thing. I really do. I mean, keep it rolling. Obviously, that they're playing with a lot of confidence coming off of that game. Maybe it's a good thing they get right back out there, especially against a team that they're they're going to be very prepared for. They know what they like to do. They know all the key players involved. They already played them this year. Uh, and you're at home, so you don't have to travel as much. And you're playing a Giants team. It's not like they're going to be well-rested. They're dealing with a bunch of injuries. They just played. They played on the road in Detroit on Sunday. So, I don't know. There's just a lot of advantages in the Cowboys' favor. So when I see the spread at nine, nine and a half, ten, whatever it's bounced around to, like it doesn't surprise me. Like the Cowboys should win this game by ten. I'll tell you. Or, I'll tell you more. what. I, I think uh, the illness thing. If, if just watch one of the major players get it, played through it, and just Michael Jordan flu game this thing, and yeah. you know it's going to be Dak or Micah just at the end of the game, just you know being carried off the field, Kellen Winslow style, whatever, and yeah, you know. It's gonna be something like that, but but that 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 bug thing is is a very real thing. I mean, it's happening. You know, even with like the Dallas Stars, there's players that have, that have been out because of that as well. I don't know. I, I don't know what's going on, but like, there's definitely something going around. And I think on a short week, you definitely have to make sure that that's something that's taken care of. Yeah, the Giants' schedule. They've got two with the the uh, Eagles, two with the Commanders, Colts, and the Vikings. Which, again, uh, none of those teams outside of maybe the Eagles, you would say, is like the Eagles have proven they're uh, one of the elite teams in the league. But, um, you know, you could see a path to the Giants missing the playoffs very easily. At least I could. I don't know if you all agree with that. It just does not feel, it never did feel like a team that's a 10-win team. And I feel that way about the Giants. I feel that way about the Giants and about Washington. And I feel it that way because I probably see them too much and I've seen them too much over the last decade. And we've talked about it for a while. I mean, since Eli Manning's prime years and since that 2012 season when they had, you know, Washington had a Robert Griffin go off. Like, I just don't look at those teams as, and I understand. I mean, the the giants beat Dak twice his rookie year in 2016. And I don't think he's lost to them since, but I mean, they just, they haven't been great teams. Now, while I say that, 
I also do think the Vikings are for real. So there's people that might listen to this and say, you're not making any sense because how can you think they're for real, but you don't think the Giants or Washington are. I just do that beating the Bills, winning yes. seven games in a row. Uh, I like the I got the, I like the pieces they have on both sides of the ball. I don't think they're going to the Super Bowl. I don't think they're going to NFC Championship game. Uh, they might lose in the first round of the playoffs, but I I look at them as a much better team than I look at and when I look and see the Giants or the Commanders. I always try to leave like you know priors out of it when I talk about these teams, but it's hard to do with some of these teams, right? But the other thing that I would say that I always try to do, and I'm about to break this rule right now, is not go off small sample sizes and things like that. But there are two games this year that really stick out to me about the shape of the NFC. And it is when the uh, Giants and Seahawks were the uh, America's game of the week a few weeks ago. And I watched that team. It was They were at the time two of the best records in the NFC. In Seattle, and I watched a garbage game. I just watched trash on display, and it was like, okay, th- this is it. They're two bad teams. It's what I thought. And same thing with Minnesota and Washington two weeks ago. It's like, what am I seeing here? I'm seeing teams that aren't that good fight each other tooth and nail. So I do disagree with you a little bit on the Minnesota thing, but that's that's fine. We have to. Minnesota's in the review mirror. That's kind of where I stand. And it's okay if no one's, uh, you know, that good in the NFC. I think the teams that are sneaking up, though, it's, you know, no, they're not sneaking up on anyone anymore. San Francisco, anyone who was trying to write San Francisco off when they were two and four or whatever, I was like, yeah, don't do that. I'll put it you this way. Healthy. All right, this is the way I look at it when it comes to the three other NFC East teams. I didn't think very much of the Eagles last year. The reason why I feel differently about the Eagles now, because I'm sure there's plenty of people there will still be like, oh, I still don't believe in them. You know, they they're front runners that they need to play with the lead, whatever. I look at the way Jalen Hurts has played, and that's what tells me, oh, yeah, this thing's been taken to a different level. And then on top of what Howie Roseman did in the offseason stuff, I don't look at the Giants or the Commanders and go, like, what's sparking those teams? Like, the Commanders, like, Taylor Heineke? Taylor Heineke. No. That's what you want? You want me to look at that and say, yes, they're for real? Seriously? We're doing? No, we're not doing that. And then with the Giants, like, I give the Giants credit because this is the first time in, well, since Tom Coughlin, where I'm like, oh, no, this staff looks like they got the right one. And it looks like they're building the right direction. But they still have Daniel Jones. So I I just, there's only so much you can do there. And then also the other part of it too in the equation is they could get there too if you told me like Kayvon Thibodeau came in and was just wrecking shop and you were like, whoa, because we saw Chase Young early on and maybe Washington would be different in my mind if Chase Young was playing like that or even playing at all. But because you just, there aren't things that you see on those two teams who are just like, whoa, that is going to be something you're going to have to deal with for a long time, or or that's going to really that's going to change the complexion in the division. Whereas, hey, in 2012, I did think about that with Robert Griffin. I thought, oh, this is going to be a handful for for a while, and then it wasn't. Obviously, injuries and things like there's just nothing with the Giants and Commanders that I look at and I go, whoa, like I don't know how the Cowboys are going to deal with that when they have to play them. I just, I mean, Same. I just don't see it. And, and it's not like the Heineke Wentz thing. Maybe the difference is that Heineke doesn't take as many sacks as Wentz does. Dude, the first five games of the year, Washington was giving up 26 points per game. Since then, they've been giving up 16 points per game. And it happens wow. to coincide with Heineke taking Heineke's, over the quarterback. Heineke is a better quarterback than Carson Wentz? Jeez. <laughs> let's get <laughs> yeah. let's get everyone fitted for rings. I mean, wow. Yeah. If that gets hey, if that makes your defense play better, uh, whatever, right? So uh, you know, that's that's kind of like the difference there. And you look at the Eagles remaining schedule just for the sake of it. Uh Packers. Titans, two with the Giants, 
Bears, Saints, and then of course Cowboys and Eagles on Christmas Eve. But you know, I, I, I just I think like you're going to see like a reality check on some of these teams. Like it's weird that the five and six Marcus Mariota Falcons are just kind of hanging in there, and that's probably going to yeah. get real pretty soon. And you're going to realize, okay, the Bucks are going to sleepwalk their way to that division title. So like, <laughs> it's dumb. The NFL's stupid. We've learned I'll- that. I don't know. Yeah, I will say though, man. Once the playoffs start, things do have a tendency to change. Like, like remember, remember that. Uh, do they though? That? They didn't last year. Not last year, but I, but there was that. Obviously, the the Marshawn Lynch run, the Seahawks when they went seven and nine, and then they won a playoff mm-hmm. game. And then there was one more. It was recently, like two three years ago, where there was another team either with a losing record or like really close to a losing record, and either had a competitive first game or won a first game. And, and, you know, you, sometimes you just never know. I'm, I'm not saying like it will, but I'm just saying in the NFL where it is sometimes any given Sunday, you know, I'm not like if the disparity is huge, it's not going to matter. But but I, I don't know. I'm not going to really discount any any team that kind of makes it in. No, you're, you're right. And, and I typically am like that. I'm, and I'm also not one of these people that I don't put someone when I'm ranking players and stuff, I don't put somebody uh, um, that's had one good year all, all of a sudden above somebody that's had six or seven good years just because their one year lately is better than like a track record definitely says more to me. And, and believe me, I, I agree that usually that that cream rises to the top. It just last year what the Bengals did, which is just not a good organization. I understand Joe Burrow, whatever, but let's not act like Joe Burrow just led them to this like 14 win season and they just kept rolling. They got in the back door and you're just like, OK, well, they're not going to win this one. Okay, okay, beat the Raiders. Well, they're not going to win this one. And then all of a sudden, next year, you know, they're winning, 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 and they get to the Super Bowl and really are a player two away from winning the whole damn thing. So I'm looking forward to these playoffs because of that to see, does everything go back to the way it kind of was before? And you can even say about the 49ers a little bit too to get to where they did last year um, in the playoffs after the way they played during the regular season. So I'm interested to see these playoffs because it wouldn't surprise me like out of these NFC teams, which team would get in the playoffs that you just think, okay, there's just no chance that they could get to the Super Bowl. Seattle? Yeah. Seattle. Yeah. Oh, like I'm talking the, just the just the NFC. Just the uh, NFC. Okay, so the teams that are in of the top seven right now? Yeah, well, the ones that aren't in, we're not going to even talk. With the Falcons, they're not. The, no. The Giants. It's the Giants. Yeah the, yeah, the Giants wouldn't be either. So the, so those are the teams that are six, seven, and eight. Six, seven, eight, nine right now are the Giants, Seahawks, Commanders, Falcons, and 10th are the Lions. Um, so yeah, no, none of those, none of those are going to be teams that I would, I would say anything about, but like San Francisco would not surprise me. Obviously the Eagles, Cowboys, Bucks, and Vikings. Yeah. I mean, I would say out of all those, the Vikings would probably be the most surprising out of those, but still, even if they did and they got hot at the right time and got into the, got into the Super Bowl, like, I mean, I, I think they would lose, but yeah, I can't say it's impossible. Yeah. Or by the way, that other team I was thinking about was actually Washington. Heineke's Washington uh, football team, who made the playoffs at seven and nine, right, and then and then lost to the Bucks um, a couple years ago in twenty twenty one. So, yeah, a couple of, yeah happens sometimes, but it could happen every once. I think the Brock Osweiler's Texans got someone too one year, and they get the Patriots that year. Uh, the am I drunk? I don't know. I don't know. They okay, probably got I the Bengals. I, they no, got the Bengals a couple anymore. times there. Uh, Morning show guy. <laughs> <laughs> That's when you need to start uh, drinking. 
Hey, the fight and Dan Campbell's are about to go on a run here. They got baby Rex up for the halftime show. Uh, got the bills in town. Just kind of oh, yeah. hanging out on the visitor sideline. That's good. Oh yeah. Uh, they uh, traded TJ Hawkinson and they haven't lost since. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Brock Wright's a boost. Um, okay. So I've got some, uh, Thanksgiving day stuff for us here, guys. Uh, Cowboys, uh, record when the, when there's a pop musician, at halftime of the Thanksgiving Day game, how you guys have you guys got any guesses that you got a winning record or a losing record? So uh, I heard this. Se- I heard the segment on the freak, so I will uh, recuse yeah, me, myself. Me too. Sorry, you're asking the wrong crew. <laughs> All right, it's jerks. just me. I'll, I'll say winning, winning. No, thanks record. for listening. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh. Who's on the pop side? Who you can so the. The pop side, it's it's odd because you have to remember like arms wide open crew over there. The Megan Trainers, the Selena Gomez. No, he, he gave like he gave the like there's like half of one, right? I think two thousand yeah, so is like half. Two thousand was weirdly Jessica Simpson and Billy Gilman, so that's a half pop, half country. Ooh. So it's gonna get a half loss here. Pop music. The Cowboys. I'm talking about Creed. That's the only one that matters is Creed. That's the only one people care about. <laughs> what do you we'll consider Creed? Creed? <laughs> What do you pop consider music, them? Cowboys, they pop? they're rock. They're rock. Okay. Yeah, they're rock. Fine. Yeah, I know it's weird, but they're rock. Fine. Fine. I got this from Pete Friedman over at Channel 8, by the way. Nice. Uh, six and two and a half, the Cowboys record when pop music is the halftime show. That is wins with Megan Trainer in 2018, Selena Gomez in 2013, Enrique Iglesias in 2011, the Joe Bros in 2008, Kelly Clarkson in 07, Destiny's Child in 04. The losses come from Ellie Golding. They remember that was the Buffalo game in 2019. The 33-10 loss to Philadelphia in 2014. And then the half Billy Gilman loss in 2000 to the Vikings, 27-15, which I think was the Randy Moss game. Hey, I'm being serious. Who was it last year? Uh, Luke Combs. Okay. Right? Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, that, yeah, you're sure. right. You're right. You're right. Country, the Cowboys are, and they go here, they go to this well more than any other. Country, oh, yeah. four and ten and a half. I don't think you can give Charlotte the team if she's booking country music acts on Thanksgiving moving forward. Four <laughs> and ten and a half. Okay. Here, let me just let me just throw this out here real quick. All right. So it is Thanksgiving and you are the Dallas Cowboys, and you always play at home. I mean, I kind of understand why it would be country. I mean, every that's the only game that's being played at that time. People look at Dallas as – I'll give you – here. here's an example. So not all the time, and Kent, you, you probably remember this, uh, but quite often when we are on the road, that team's spread <laughs> – in the press box is usually they try and do something that's like Texas. Like it's usually like we'll try and do barbecue or something like that. Like, cause of the theme of it, you know what I'm saying? So Here that's why I think it's kind of funny how the Cowboys, <laughs> must- I've always liked how the Cowboys, when the, when the opposing team's running out, play the theme from Dallas, the TV show. Cause I can tell you this right now, before I moved down to Dallas, like I, when I heard that song, I would always think of Dallas and I've lived in Dallas since 2000 and end of 2010 and I've never heard that song since I've been down here, you know, no. but it's that perception, you know, type thing. I don't know if because they've updated the playlist to the stadium since since opening day yeah, of 2009, probably, but that's another you're probably right. convo. Oh, it's 
frustrating. College game day, when they choose to be at TCU, it's like, oh, once again, Pat McAfee's going to ride a horse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, great. Well, I mean, that's happens too. Oh, I mean, remember when the, what about when the Mavs were in the in the conference finals and, you know, Charles Barkley, let's bring a horse around for him they, or whatever. They you set know? up the winter classic like a freaking rodeo yeah. at the, the Stars yeah. game. How did yeah, they do that? We're in a city. At the Cotton Bowl. They had like a bull ring down there. It looked like oh, okay. a farm, like the actual field. I got and you. Rink. It's ridiculous. Um, four and ten and a half. Again, the record. Luke Combs, Kane Brown. If you remember the Kane Brown game, the uh, Washington Commanders uh, famous fake punt game, right? Mm. Um, of course, last year, sadly, the Anthony Brown game, the overtime loss to the Raiders, which yeah. overall, if you watch that game, irritating to watch because of all the flags, but very up and down fun game. Um, Thomas Rhett loss. Eric Church went in 2016. Luke Bryan gave you that loss. Remember when they lost to the Panthers in 2015? What do you remember about that game, John? Uh, Panthers that's when 2015. Romo came back, and Romo it was came a disaster. Back. Yeah, uh, laying yeah, down there in the end zone. <laughs> that was brought up. That was brought up not too long ago because I was talking. Uh, I was talking with somebody about injuries, and I go, "When's the last time that you think the Cowboys have?" Because I since recently, especially since Mike McCarthy's been the coach, they err on the side of caution with injuries. Like for example, yeah. Anthony Barr tweet. It was crazy too. I was, I talked to Anthony Barr today in the locker room. He tweaked his hamstring. On the very last play of practice on Saturday, crazy. I mean, and and for I mean, not just it for him to come back, and obviously he's he's a good player in that, but that was the play against the Vikings, you know, the team that he used to play for, like the play right before practice was going to be over. He tweaked his hamstring. So anyway, so like I, like they'll be cautious with him. And I was asking somebody. Oh, I was asking Newey Scruggs about it, and he goes, "It's probably the last time they rushed somebody back too soon. Is probably that time with with Romo. You know, they played him against Miami." And then they and then they played him in that in that uh, Panthers game, yeah, and it didn't last very long, you know. But but also at the same time, it was kind of at that point in the season, it was like, well, if he doesn't come back, the season's over anyway. So let's at least try and get something going here. And obviously, he wanted to play, but that's the only that's the that's the last time I can remember where I was like, ooh, I don't know, this might be too soon to bring him back, you know. I was thinking like maybe Romo's. Uh... I mean, I'm sorry, uh, Jason Witten's spleen, maybe? I was thinking, I can't think of any times. Yeah, but that's all way before. I mean, the Romo thing, what was Romo, 2015? Yeah, 2015. Yeah. I was thinking, it's like quarterbacks are maybe the only position where they would rush anyone back. Yeah. Your franchise quarterback. I don't really, I can't remember. You don't need a spleen. (laughs) What does that do? do? It's probably something Bill Parsons told him. Yeah. Yeah, right. Just an extra part. You don't need that. The confusing thing, though, is uh, okay. So the Reba McIntyre loss in '97, Randy Travis loss in '98, Clint Black win. Ooh, uh, bring him back. So the confusing, the confusing thing is they did have like Carrie Underwood on there in '06, and I think Carrie Underwood is she country or pop? Yeah, I don't know. She's country. She's country. We'll put it on the country ledger. Four and ten. The Rock record one and one. Yeah. Uh, Daughtry got him. Uh, the win over the Raiders. Creed though. 2001, the loss to Denver, 26-24. But <laughs> long-term, it's a victory. We need to bring them back. The Just bring them back one time. It's you know, what would be awesome is if somebody just rips off their halftime show and somebody has the exact same flying guy on the trapeze. If they brought, if they brought that back, I mean, they already get great TV ratings. It'll be the Cowboys-Giants will be the most watched 
game of the regular season. There's no doubt in my mind about that. Um, but man, they need to bring back that halftime show. Okay, looking at you, Jonas Brothers. Can you pull it off? Can you put the guy in the trapeze? Slide down <laughs> the friend. thing, cover, can you take me higher? Or let's move it on down the road. And that's where my, my pick is. <laughs> a, friend, a friend of mine was texting me about, he was reading someone tweeting about that halftime show. And he and he goes, there was a comment in there where somebody wrote, I'd put myself in unrecoverable credit card debt to be riding those white linens around Jerry World. Exactly. Just Maybe one that time. white linens guy. Whoever Next person to hire that guy for their halftime show is my favorite band. But I uh, just love how they have Photoshop. They put Jerry Jones's head on that guy. It's, it's the so best good. thing ever. That's amazing. It's hey, amazing. question for you guys. Greatest... <laughs> This might be an aside, but who's the best number 11 in Cowboys history? Is it Danny White, Micah Parsons, or Scott Stapp? Cole Beasley. Mm. I think Scott Stapp was wearing a Bledsoe jersey, wasn't he? I thought it was I thought it was Stapp. I thought it said Stapp on it. Oh, sorry. Uh, well, then it's him, for sure. No. Uh, <laughs> it's Micah. It's got to be Danny already. White. If his career ended right now. I think it's already Micah. Hmm. Yeah, how many diamond well, Danny White diamond was, records uh, award does Micah have though? Didn't Danny White get him to like four NFC championship games? Yeah, Danny Danny White was good, right? Although <laughs> you're just era. an ageist. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I am an ageist. I, well, well, hell, I was born in '88. I don't didn't see Danny White play a lot. He retired the year I was born. Can you just imagine um, if a Cowboys quarterback got them to four consecutive NFC championship games or four in general? Like, yeah, and his completion percentage was always just kind of hovering around. I think a sixty percent's fine. All fine. right, okay, okay, okay. Then so we'll use. You're fine, Danny. We'll use Cooper Rush as an example. If they went with Cooper Rush as their quarterback and he got him to four NFC Championship games, man, I think he would be okay. thought pretty highly of. Yeah, but I Danny also, but I also think there's some uh, you have to like there's circumstances involved too because if Cooper Rush did it, he'd do it after a 26 year drought, whereas if Danny White was doing it. He was yeah. following Roger Staubach, and and that was kind of a disappointment. Um, yeah. So. All right, Micah, it is. No, <laughs> Danny White, he had a twenty-eight touchdown pass year and a, and a twenty-nine touch uh, touchdown pass year. He also had in those years twenty-five interceptions and twenty-three interceptions. Can yeah, you imagine you, if Dak threw twenty interceptions? Oh yeah. my God. Oh. You have to account for the era, though. So I think yeah. uh, you know I I wouldn't compare Danny White's stats to the era today I'd compare and compare him with his contemporaries back then. Um, and, and kind of where he, where, where he ranked there. But uh, that seems like a lot of work. Yeah. But I, we're, but not gonna, I, we're not trying to do all that, but I do, <laughs> but I do think it's Danny white. I, I mean, Michael Parsons is close, but, uh, or he's going to be, he's, he's on the path, but there's no question. It's Danny white. Sad. Does it change your mind? If I tell you that Micah Parsons took a snap at running back today, <laughs> I man, it's time. They need to get him on offense. They need I think he it. was just messing around, and the offensive line wasn't out there yet. So I think it's just one of those things where they just have fun to keep him enjoying himself. Inter- but interesting footnote, though, to tuck into <laughs> the back of your head. I know our show is big. On the people tweeted us a bunch when the Super Bowl halftime show conversation was happening and announcements and all that. I still don't buy it for a second that it wasn't Taylor Swift. With this new record out and everything? Well, the record's not good enough, so 
But yeah, but you're going to have a new album out when you do the the halftime show, right? Rihanna's got a new album out? Yeah, she's got a new album coming. Oh, I it's, was going to say, it's I haven't heard it. Yet. She's working on a new album. Oh, okay. So it's probably, I bet they announce a release date like... I'm a much bigger before. Rihanna fan than Taylor Swift, so this is not even up oh, for debate. Oh, for sure. I'd rather oh, yeah. right. watch Rihanna, but I, I that was the They're rumor that like but yeah. it leaked out and... And all that, I still believe that it was going to be Swift and it got out and, and they scrapped it and she'll do it again sometime else. But with her record coming out and this being the year of Taylor Swift again, it seems- Who was it two years all ago? All too well that it would have been her. What? Who was it two, two years, years ago? I know, I know last J-Lo year was- and Shakira. The weekend? That's right. That's right. And then no, the weekend. Dr. Dre. I'm sorry. J- J- it oh, was, sure. uh, yeah, Dr. Dre. the weekend uh, before that. Well, that was- The weekend, then J-Lo, Shakira. Okay, yeah. so then what's it going to be after um, Rihanna? Because they won't go I Taylor. I don't think they'll go Taylor Swift right after Rihanna. Well, it, the the people who were in the machine this year, basically touring album that I thought were candidates were Taylor, Harry, uh, Harry Styles, uh, Lizzo. Oh, we had a knew. New album. We knew who you were talking about. Yeah, <laughs> didn't think Harry Potter was coming through. <laughs> And I've heard that like um, Taylor's not going to do it until she releases her re-recorded albums. Oh uh, God! Like that's not going to be a year from now. It's going to be two or three years from now. My heart's right? broken. Yeah. yeah. Hey, we we glossed over Kent's uh, all too well reference. I just want to. Uh, yeah, wanna we'll let it slide. <laughs> we'll shake it off. <laughs> okay, oh, there you go. Oh, there you go. <laughs> oh, did you did you do a Taylor Swift reference and I didn't get it? Damn, I'm embarrassed. Hey, John, no need to have any bad blood over this. <laughs> oh, he's on a roll. Okay, so I wish the uh, picks were a blank slate, but after last week's victory for John, blank slate, get it? <laughs> Seven and three for uh, John, the leader. We're going to make you go first this week, John, because okay. you. Because uh, <laughs> cheater. Yeah, you kind of pulled a fast one on us last week. Got to do that sometimes. So seven and three on the year, much like the Giants, weirdly, and the Cowboys. Right. John, who we got? I'm going Cowboys 27 to 10. Uh, I just don't think the Giants are very good. I'll be very surprised. The only thing that makes – there's two things that makes me – think that it could be closer than it should be. One, like I said, all of a sudden, you know, Dak or, you know, CD, several, you know, offensive players come down with whatever this illness is that's going around and they don't play or aren't the same in the game, then I guess maybe that would be a factor. And then the other part is just that uh, they just haven't really played great on Thanksgiving recently. So I don't think they've, yeah, I don't think they've won with McCarthy on Thanksgiving yet. But then again, they were great out of the bye with McCarthy until this year. So I don't know. I just don't look at the Giants as some team that I, I think that yeah. their record is better than the team is. Uh, I will go next as I'm in second place at six and four. Uh, Dallas 34, Giants 17 is what I wrote down. So okay. 17 points, much like John had. I think very clear what's going to happen here. The Giants are going to try to ball control you to death. And if you allow that to happen, then you've basically, you know, cut off a lot of your pass rush opportunities. So, and yeah, look at it that way. Um, 
interesting to see. Maybe maybe some of you know that what happened in that Green Bay game was really kind of a, a thing where it's like, okay, we've got to get back to structurally looking at the foundation of our defense and our run assignments and things like that. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, the Vikings still ran the ball on you. They just quit doing it. It was kind of strange. Like, what happens in that game if the Vikings don't give up on the run? I don't think it's not a 37 point win, you know, is it, is it a 20 point win? Maybe, you know, um, but you know, they were still eating on the ground. And I think that's the thing that I, that you're still kind of looking for. It leaves you wanting more. We know what the Giants are going to do. So, uh, but 34, 17, I don't see the Cowboys stumbling here. Um, we go to looking at the records here. I've got sod at five and five. You're up. Give me the Cowboys 27 to six. Wow. All right. I do think, I, yeah, I, I just think that the score relatively stays a little lower just because of the Giants running the ball early and the game kind of going faster in that sense. But I still don't think the Giants have. I, I, I just, you know, for me, the the play, this is this is also a play that stood out to me from, from last week's game. Micah should never have gone back in the game. Absolutely not. But... The second play he comes back in, he literally just comes screaming off the left off the left tackle and, you know, has another QB hit. Well, I think it was on his second play back, and I just can't see him being anything less than dominant on Thursday. Um uh, Kent, you're at four and six. Man, you yeah, need tough, this one. Tough L last week. Um give me the Cowboys for sure in this one. Thirty. To seventeen. Is anyone on planet Earth picking the Giants? Uh, I'm, I'm sure there are. Right? People have been picking the Giants all year. I don't. I don't understand it. Um, they lost to the Cooper Rush led Cowboys earlier in the year, and people were still super high on them. So I. I, I don't know. Maybe we're just, you know, too far into the trees here in Dallas to see what's really going on. But I'm not convinced. I'm like you, KT. Do they even have an impressive win? Okay, I guess Tennessee in week one, right? Yeah. That's that's fairly impressive. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I don't know if beating Green Bay in London's impressive. Oh, they beat Baltimore 24-20. Yeah. That's they run a roll there. They won four games. in a row. Yeah, but doesn't lose. You don't just go uh, into t- Jacksonville and win 23-17, KT. <laughs> yeah, but once you lose to the Lions by double digits, John, no. it wipes out any credibility that you've ever had I don't in your know if franchise's been, uh, history. Looking recently, but they've been biting off kneecaps, so. Okay, here they've they been, come. The they've, no, I'm just telling you. What you guys they exercise those demons against Rodgers and the Packers. They've been rolling. Well, I can't wait to enjoy Thanksgiving with the family, with the Detroit Lions on. This should be all fun. And the Bills. They will be playing the Bills, who just played at Ford Field, so they have learned the lay of the land. Who'd you say yeah, was in Detroit? Doja Cat? No, Baby Be- Rexa. Baby Rexa. Oh, same. same Baby Rexa? Bebe. Bebe. Married to uh, Taika Watiti, right? No, that's Rita Ora. You're asking questions, man. I don't know. You are I don't asking know. questions that I don't think we have the answers to. <laughs> I thought it's Rita Ora, I think. Do we yes, have one I think for, you are for right. the night game? The night game would be in Minnesota. Minnesota against Uh. the fighting Bill Belichick's. And the reason Uh. I know this is because they couldn't wait to get that graphic up on the big screens at uh, old U.S. (laughs) Bank Stadium after the game was over. Also, by the way, (laughs) 
it was a, like a salute to service. I shouldn't even bring this up on here, but I'm going to anyway. It was a salute oh. to service game at US, U.S. Bank. And so anybody that used a hashtag, I can't remember what it was, but they were putting like a lot of these tweets on the big <laughs> oh, screen. Oh, I saw that tweet. Oh, my God. And they put up a tweet from a gentleman saying like a shout out to my my brother, whatever, uh, who's been serving for whatever, da, 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 da. And there was a picture and it was of a male porn star dressed in army fatigues. So uh, I saw that on the internet, and I didn't. <laughs> a great I didn't. Bit. I didn't see it when it actually aired, but it was apparently up there for several seconds before they pulled it down and went to the next clip. But uh, yeah, so someone trolled them on uh, Military Appreciation Day. Real <laughs> nice guys. Keep pounding. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we'll see you guys uh, uh, next week, I guess. Um, good luck, uh, John, uh, at the game. Thank Sorry you. Going to the game Thursday. Yeah. yeah. Happy Thanksgiving, gents. I love doing the show with you guys, and I appreciate you uh, tolerating uh, some useless fun facts about Cowboys half giving uh, Thanksgiving show past. Love of, it. Of halftime shows. Uh, salute to Kent and his service for us Thank on this you. podcast. Our producer. Um, Where, who's wearing a great hat today? It's a very cool throwback yeah. slash Nike type Cowboys hat. Very, very beanie, with beanie yeah. with the cold. Yeah, I like it. Cold, little cold weather. Yeah, I like the Royal Blue Cowboys uh, merch. You can still get some throwback merch that is Royal yeah. Blue. I like that. I like People that seem to be very excited about the throwback helmets and uniforms oh, yeah, that the Cowboys right. will be wearing we'll, on we'll Thursday. Get those this year. Yeah. Yeah. First, first, time, we'll, white first time we'll have ever seen Dak in in the uh, throwbacks. So that'll be cool. Why not? It'll be good stuff. All right. There we go. I'm KT. That is Saad Yusuf, Father John Mashota, and of course our producer Kent Garrison. We'll see you next time on About Them Cowboys. So silver and blue guys are the Dallas Cowboys. They're daddy's favorite team.